This is the Benefits Buzz Podcast, your weekly pulse on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Brought to you by your friends at WEX, who believe in simplifying benefits for everyone. Now listen up, and let's get buzzed! Hey everyone, it's another episode of Benefits Buzz. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your co-host, Eric Piella, and I'm joined in this episode by my co-host, Hayden Gothy. Hayden, what's up, my friend? Not much. Just excited to talk some trends in this uh, most trendy of of uh, benefits podcasts out there. <laughs> this is uber trendy. We're so trendy right now talking benefits trends. This is great, and I know I know that you've been waiting for this episode because you've been heavily uh, involved up to your eyeballs in digging through uh, trend data. Which we're gonna you've you've done all the dirty work. If you're in the background taking what we like to say this meaningless data and turning it into meaningful information. Uh, and that's one of the questions we always get. What are other HR pros doing? What are, what are other empl- <clears throat> employers doing with, when it comes to benefits? And so the cool thing about this episode is that, you know, we have hundreds of partners who we have hundreds of thousands of employers who, who are on the WEX platform, which means we have this giant pool of beautiful data. And we've finally taken the opportunity to look through, sift through and pull out some really powerful trends. Uh, yeah, I got to stop you quick though, Eric, like they're, uh. I may have done some dirty work, but I'm definitely not the only hero in this one. So. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> there are a bunch of superheroes. Yeah, <clears throat> and <laughs> one of them is our guest on the show. Great transition, Hayden. We have Matt Dallahan. He is our Vice President of Product Portfolio Management Benefits at Wax. Matt, welcome back to the Benefits Buzz Podcast. Your return it, guest. It's great to be here. I always, always look forward to being on Benefits Buzz. Well, we love to have you on here. I'm guessing you were super excited to see that we actually talk about these benefits trends, which I know you're passionate about. Um, I can't wait to dive in. So let's just do so, Matt, because right at the forefront, right, when we have all this rich, rich data, we want to make sure we, we start to look at what's happening in our industry. How do we shape our products? How are employers using things? And that really will arm our listeners to really think about what they're offering um, and the way in which they communicate that to their employees. So let's talk about data. Data has always been important, but but why now? And and why does it mean even really more today when, when employers are choosing benefits? Sure. I mean, so data is everywhere, right? I mean, it's it's you know our ability to collect information about people, about what they're doing online, digitally has never been higher. Um, and so why now? I mean, I think it's that that's a big part of it. It's just the, the massive proliferation of information out there, whether it's social media, whether it's buying habits, whether it's, you know, you name it. Um, and then technology. I mean, you know, the, 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 ex- the explosion of AI and, and, and the new you know, tools we have at our disposal to really, you know, unlock trends within that data is, is really why, you know, why now? And, and, and so those two things um, have really kind of come together. The challenge for us is to say, all right, how do we learn from what's going on elsewhere in the world about about how data is being used and apply it to our business and to do it in a thoughtful way, right? You know, you guys know we we live in a at the intersection of financial services and healthcare, and and with that we get twice the amount of regulation. That's what I was like to say, uh, but <laughs> but no, but but I think importantly with benefits in healthcare, you know, being sensitive in terms of how you use information that you have and and doing that in a, a compliant. Uh, fashion is really important. Um, but, you know, where, where we see opportunities, certainly in how we engage with consumers, right? Um, you know, I think the single biggest challenge that we face across this industry is how do we engage consumers in meaningful ways? How do we, how do we help people make better decisions? 
Um, you know, you guys know, we've talked about this before, just the, it's, it's, a, this is a complex stuff for, for, for individuals to figure out. And mm -hmm. if we can use, you know, the data that we have at our disposal to make it easier, uh, and helping that decision-making process, that, that's a massive one for us, uh, and for the individual. Uh, and, and then the second thing is, you know, I think we can use it to help our partners and our employers make better decisions about their businesses, about their benefits offerings, right? So, you know, one of the things we always do is we benchmark and we'd say, hey, here's where you are, but here's how this compares to everybody else within the ecosystem. Yeah. And so I think giving people some perspective on, hey, all right, well, I'm here. I want to get there. How do I do that? How do I make how do I make an impact in my benefits offering and how I run my business and how I go to market, et cetera? I mean, those are some of the other ways that, that we're leveraging it for partners and employers. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the the partner element of it, uh, Matt, because I mean, obviously benefit analytics, like our partners have access to this wide pool of, of benchmarking data that they can really leverage. You know, just quickly going into that area, you know, why, you know, can you give us a little bit of a credibility statement from a WEX standpoint of why this WEX data is particularly valuable and we're kind of teeing off like some of the data that we're going to share, like why is, you know, sure. what's our credibility in this area? Yeah, I mean, you know, our, our data set is massive, right? I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, and, and in particular, what's really fun is, you know, it's, it's not just about HSAs or FSAs or HRAs. Uh, it, it, it's all of it. Um, then think about the opportunity to fold COBRA information into that and the opportunity to fold information about, you know, from our Ben Admin platforms into that. So our, our data set is big um, and it's comprehensive. Um, and so, you know, when we think about our, you know, the opportunity we have to, to put all of that together, you know, that gets really, really exciting. Um, you know, for example, in the HSA space, it's something like one in five of every of all HSAs is on our platform. And we have, you know, years of history on, you know, how these folks have used their accounts, how they've contributed, how they've spent, how they invested. Um, that, when we think about consumer engagement, that, that, that's invaluable. Um, and and really is is uh, is is critical to what we're what we look to look to do down the line. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you just said HSAs because let's let's jump into these trends, right? I think we've established the importance of it um, and why I think we're uniquely positioned to do so. But let's get like where the rubber meets the world. Like, what are the things we're calling on? And one of them is around HSAs. So let's start there. What are we seeing in terms of employer activity when it comes to HSAs in particular, which is a common topic on, on this podcast? Well, you know, it's a looking back to 2021, HSAs are back, you know, mm. during during the pandemic and 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 uh, you know during that time, it was it was interesting. Right. We saw trends in the market that had been, you know, almost universal truth start to reverse a little bit. But we saw something like 8% growth across the industry uh, in, in terms of number of accounts, um, investments, um, although, you know, the way the stock market has performed of late, maybe not, not that great. But last year, you know, we saw participation in investments, both in terms of a number of participants. I think our number of investors was up something like 40% last year um, and, and dollars just absolutely skyrocketed in investment accounts. And so I'd say, you know, folks are really starting to recognize the long-term savings value that HSAs offer and, and, and the value of, of investing those dollars. Personally, I think within three years, we'll see investments, you know, overtake cash uh, in terms of, you know, where the, the dollars are. It's about 35% of the assets sitting in investments today. 
I think we'll be at over 50% here within within uh, three years if, if these trends hold. And again, we'll need a little help from the stock market there to get there. But, uh, you know, really important. You know, and I think I think uh, when, when I think about employers and what they can do to better su to, to support HSAs, I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities and this great resignation stuff, you know, has presented a ton of challenges. But I see HSAs potentially as a platform where employers can can really differentiate themselves, you know. Uh, and so think about your contribution strategy uh, to, to your HSA. I think that's one area, you know, one super interesting one. Uh, there's a, an article recently, I can't remember uh, the gentleman's name, but it's a consultant. Um, and he talked about the, the, how, to, how to combine 401ks and HSAs in such a way where you don't penalize somebody for contributing to, to their HSA, right? So if I put a thousand bucks in my HSA, maybe that's a thousand dollars I'm not able to put into my 401k. But from a matching strategy perspective, you can count HSA contributions as towards you know the overall contribution level and apply that to the match. And so, hey, you made a, a pre-tax contribution to one of these savings vehicles, that's gonna result in you getting more 401k match from your employer. And so that's a cool you know, concept that you know, not enough people are thinking about like, how do you how do you do this in such a way where it's a it's a win for the employee? And I thought that was a really, really creative one. And honestly, I loved it. You know, I, I think uh, it's a way for us to think about how to differentiate high deductible health plans and HSAs from the other plans uh, that are out there. Yeah, I love that, Matt. And I think like, you know, when we think about, you know, we've, we've spent so much time on this podcast this season talking about wellness and financial wellness. Yeah. Um, when you, you know, how can you kind of frame up like why this is really important now? Like, why is it especially important for employers to make sure their employees are getting the most out of their health savings accounts today, especially with like inflation going on and great resignation, things like that. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah. You know, um, it, it's really, it's really a, a great question. And, you know, why, why should an employer care? I, I, I think, you know, employee benefits are an integral part of, 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 you know, wellness, financial wellness. Uh, and so, you know, what's more fundamental than making sure that if I have, you know, the, 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 the need to go get medical care that I've got the dollars to be able to cover it. Right. And, and to me, you know, that that's sort of a basic thing, right? Nothing, nothing else matters if I don't have those basics covered. Right. And, and medical care, I think is, is one of those things that you'd say, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that that's, that's taken care of. And, you know, there's good business behind it as well. Right. I mean, there, the statistics around, uh, you know, productivity impacts because folks are worried about their financial situation at work um, and the amount of time that, that you know, that, that's lost at work. I mean, not to make it cold and cold hearted and, and, and whatever, but that's a that's a realistic concern for employers. And so, you know, to me, um, there's that. And then, you know, the, the, the long term value of these accounts. Right. And so thinking about it as part of a long term saving strategy for for individuals and and again, that relationship between the 401k and the HSA, um, you know, these can be part of that long-term saving story. You know, if, if you, I don't know if you guys have used my HSA planner, shameless plug, uh, but um, the last page is, has a really cool, uh, you know, utility where you can mess around and say, hey, well, what if I put X amount into my HSA and what would that result in over time? And, um, you know, little, little contributions, little, you know, little progress adds up to a lot over time. And, and that's, I think the, the, the real power of that tool. Um, so, 
to me, you know, those are the reasons why employers really care. And, and, you know, again, I think they can be a platform to attract people. I think if you can say, Hey, look, I'm going to fully fund your HSA, uh, as opposed to, you know, some employers are paying for college tuition, right? I mean, like this is 7,000 bucks to, you know, for a family plus for, for a family contribution to an HSA that pales in comparison to, to, you know, what you might spend, uh, you know, to, for something like that. So to me, I, I think, the opportunities for how you can use these are, are, are really, you know, there, there's just so much out there that, that can be done to get a little bit creative. Well, I was just looking at a blog post too, that uh, our outstanding producer, Danielle wrote a couple months ago. Uh, I was just looking at this like an hour ago and there was a stat in there that said, I think 43% of employers or 43% of employees have uh, been distracted at work because of their finances for at least like three hours over the course of a work week or something. I mean, it was absolutely, that's an incredible number. Um, Absolutely. You know, you know, it's really cool too. We did some work uh, with our data team uh, around, uh, Hey, what's the tipping point at which an employer needs to make a contribution and, and it'll drive enrollment and participation. And the thing was, it was really cool because it was a lot less than you would think. I mean, I think the an employer contribution of like $1,500 was like, you know, after that, you started to see diminishing returns in terms of, you know, participation in the account. And so, again, back to that theme of like little, little, you know, little contributions, little, little progress makes it makes a big impact. I think that was that's that's one of the things I would also put out there. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, fully funding the account. Right. I, I, I kind of got a little crazy on that one. But, um, you know, it, you know, fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred bucks, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that really makes an impact. Yeah, finding that sweet spot, I think, is really important because that's a question I'm sure a lot of us, how much, if I'm going to provide HSA, how much do I need to contribute? And the things that we found are about how much to provide them to get them to leverage and use that benefit so much more is, is great. It's a great trend to see there. Maybe yeah. I'll move to the next trend, which is really around lifestyle spending accounts, uh, yeah. Matt, which, I mean, talk about trend, not a trend, but also trendy. We've seen so much activity around lifestyle spending accounts. We, we just did a webinar on it and, and tons of questions, tons of interest. So I think first off, maybe we should talk about what are, what are these accounts and, and why do they still matter? Why do they matter so much to, to employers? Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about a platform for benefits innovation, right? I mean, I think lifestyle spending accounts really hit the mark there. And, you know, it, it really has been used as a way for employers to offer, you know, benefits in kind of non-traditional ways, right? I mean, we've seen wellness benefits like gym, gym memberships, you know, exercising, uh, all kinds of stuff and, and offered on a post-tax basis in many cases. And so, you know, just again, creativity um, around these types of benefits is, has been really fun to see. Um, and the beauty of it is, I think, you know, you can do it a lot of this in a very low, low admin cost way. So debit cards are, are can be a great option for that. Um, I think that's gaining gaining traction out there in the market. Um, if that if if that's possible, you know, depending on the type of of, uh, of uh, benefits you want to offer. But um, you know, in the wake of of uh, of you know the way working has changed and and you know different needs that have arisen out there. I mean, throughout the pandemic, I think mental health benefits have been something where that's just been an area of lots of scrutiny and and lots of need. Um, I think lifestyle accounts are a great opportunity to do more there. And so I, I feel like, you know, what we see is employers saying, this is something that's important to me. 
this is something that you know I'm embracing as the values of my organization and something I, I care about. And so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and, and really, uh, really, you know, put put some some dollars behind it to help my employees out. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, I think it was a 77% increase in employers offering an LSA just from Q1 2021 to Q1 2022. I, I mean, that's definitely been a really hot topic and something we've spent quite a bit of time on in this podcast the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, Matt, when you when you think about, you know, what we're seeing in terms of how these LSAs are being designed, are, are there any specific trends that kind of stand out to you? You know, it's interesting. You're, you're seeing, you know, uh, some of the contribution levels, you know, can get pretty high. I mean, we, but, but I think on average around $750 is what we're seeing. Um, and, and, you know, most of the, 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 uh, plans are contributing those funds at the beginning of the plan year. So, you know, again, I think if we think about the work world right now and, and, you know, employees, um, have become always were, uh, and, and have become even more, you know, in demand and valuable assets to organizations. Right. So to me, thinking about how you make this as employee friendly as possible, right? I mean, don't burden it with a lot of traditional benefits stuff, you know, if, if, if you want to make it, if you want to achieve that goal. But, um, you know, I'd say most of them are, are, are allowing for funds to be you know, used at the start of the plan year. And then, you know, when you see where the dollars are going, you know, 60% of, of, uh, of, uh, the expenses are being spent on physical wellness type stuff. So that's, I mentioned gym memberships, exercise, things like that. Financial certainly is a big component of that. And then emotional well-being and, and, and other types of expenditures, it's about a quarter of the dollars. And so, um, you know, those, and, and I don't think there's any surprises there kind of given the trends that we've seen and heard about, you know, societally and, and, and otherwise. Um, but again, I, I think with the war for talent that's raging out there, I mean, LSA should be a platform that employers are, are thinking about. How am I going to hang on to people by, you know, and, and I'd encourage employers to, to, to ask employees, like, where, where, what would be valuable to you? What would be most impactful to you uh, as part of the plan design here? Um, but I, again, I can't say enough about the opportunity that I see around lifestyle benefits in terms of attracting, retaining, uh, and, and, and just, you know, getting the best talent in the door. I think it can be a really powerful tool. Yeah, 100% agree. And it's really fun to kind of see the growth there and, and see um, employers get creative on how they provide some unique benefits uh, like an LSA. One of the things that's almost um, on top of everyone's mind and really has become you know brought to the attention of HR professionals is, of course, mental health, which, again, we've had a couple episodes just this season talking about mental health and the stigma and how do you help treat and so on and so forth. And so what I'd love to hear is what are we, what are you seeing when it comes to, you know, mental health? What are employers telling us that they're looking terms for to their benefits to help with that? Yeah. You know, and this is an area where when we talk about telehealth, right. I mean, you know, physical health, um, you know, via telehealth is kind of one thing, but you know, you, you the, the explosion really of digital mental health to me is really awesome. I mean, the ability for, you know, someone to get access to, uh, you know, a professional counselor from the privacy of their home, uh, importantly, right, and and to be able to to, to have a face to face discussion uh, with that that uh, with that person, um, to me is is just tremendous. And you, know, you try to 
take a take a look at some of the you know there's been a lot of things that have been really hard uh, about about the the past couple of years but that's what what are some of the things that have been great and i'd say that's something that's been great um you know the the ability to to to, to seek care and do it digitally to me um is is really something that is uh, you know that 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 i, I think that the industry the healthcare industry really should be proud of and um you know I think, I think a lot of employers, I think it was what, 28% had said they changed some of their wellness offerings to really focus on mental health. Um, and, and I think, you know, from your own experience, just the, the number of, you know, apps that are out there that, that allow you to, 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 to do these types of things. And um, certainly EAPs have always been a big, really important part of this. Um, um, but, you know, certainly uh, mental health is, you know, I, like I said, I, I think it's really something that you know, as a benefits industry, um, it, it's been a real success story. There, there is so much, uh, you know, kind of diverse ground that we covered in, in this episode, Matt. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about mental health and LSAs and HSAs. And I mean, uh, this is kind of a broad question, I guess, but any other tips for, you know, our HR decision makers, employers, any, anyone else listening to this podcast, you've kind of taken away from, from all of this data and information? Yeah, you know, as I as I kind of think about think back on on what I've been talking about throughout this, I think it's this this theme of you know creativity, you know, kind of keeps coming back. I think you know we have a tendency sometimes to get a little bit stuck in, wow, this is what the industry's doing, or this is the way we've always done it, or whatever. And you know, I'd encourage employers, you know, uh, consultants, brokers, to just you know continue to think creatively about, you know what are 401k and HSA match strategies or what's a different, you know, design that we can use to, to, you know, attract people. You know, we, we did some, some survey work um, in the, uh, in the, uh, and, and some consumer research um, in the wake of the great resignation. And, and I think, you know, some of the answers that we saw came back really surprised us. Um, you know, we went in with one set of assumptions and the data told us something different. And so, talk to your employees um, and understand what's important to them is I think the biggest thing that we found in, in, in that work was connection to my employer was the number one thing to help drive, you know, uh, feeling connected to my employer, feeling that my work is connected to con contributing to a, a, a bigger goal at the employer were the things that were really behind a lot of this. And so I think talking to your employees, understanding what's important to them and really trying to structure benefits around that um, will we'll go a long way in, in, in terms of attracting and retaining folks. And, and in particular, you know, you see that with younger folks in the workforce, right? I mean, you know, that, 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 that feeling, that need for connection, that need for, you know, feeling I'm like I'm doing meaningful work, et cetera. And so I, I think being creative, talking to your employees, getting, getting the data out of talking to your employees and using that to, to, to really inform uh, where you're going um, is, is, are the things that I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. This has been great. I love that we could take some of this data that we've had and, and really kind of translate it into some of these trends. I, I, th I really appreciate your insight on some of that direction and your final thoughts there as well. I I know it's really important for HR pros to really understand what's what's happening, what's moving, what are other employers are doing, how do they need to... I think one of the words that came out, we did a panel with, our, with some HR professionals and it was all about choice, right? People looking for different types of choices and how to interact with their benefits. And I think that just echoes exactly everything you said. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is great. We love having you on. We truly appreciate it. Always fun. I love I love getting on uh, and talking with you guys about this stuff. It's uh, 
it's uh you know it, it's it's always good to be able to take a step back and uh and and uh and see see the bigger picture so it, it's really fun being with you guys well we love it. anytime we have an episode we're going to talk about how awesome data is we know who to turn to so <laughs> <laughs> thanks right. man we appreciate it see you next time thank All you right. Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. (laughs) Thanks for listening.